Welcome to Stay Gold, an Outsiders podcast. My name is Sam Mulberry, and I am joined, as always, by... Esme Mulberry. Uh, What are we doing on this podcast? We are working our way through the 2005 release of Francis Ford Coppola's The Outsiders, the complete novel, in five-minute segments, breaking down every five minutes as if it were a whole film. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have made it to our fourth episode. So we're going to be looking at the movie from the 15-minute mark to the 20-minute mark. Um, This is an interesting part of the film. As, As we said in our last episode, this is the moment where I think we start to, we get introduced to a new character, really. Um, um, and we're, we're deep into the, the, um, I feel like we're starting to get deep into the book now. We're building out some things and we can, we can start to see the setup towards kind of the big, inciting incident in this film where it's going to take off. So, so the book and the film both kind of start on introducing you to this world and take their time and you don't know where it's going to go and then a big thing happens right mm-hmm. we're probably a couple episodes away from the big thing happening yeah um but 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 here's we're starting to lay the track towards it um i think by introducing um two characters but really one character in particular yeah um, that becomes part of the impetus for this. Uh, so uh, let's remind our listeners, our, you know, the outfivers, the fans of the show, um, uh, where we were last time on a segment we call previously on Stay Gold. Okay. So in the last five minutes, um, it starts with Ponyboy and Soda Pop having a conversation. They kind of, they talk about a lot of things. Um, Soda Pop kind of talks about that, like dairy and his relationship with pony boy um he talks about why he dropped out of school and that he wants to eventually marry his girlfriend sandy then we there's a long sequence where pony boy johnny and dally um they go around to different places and eventually make it to um the drive-in movie and then at the drive-in movie, we see a short scene where two girls um, are kind of fighting with their boyfriends and leave the car that they were all in together. And then we see Pony Boy Johnny and Dally all sit down. Yeah, and, and that's what happens. And that, and that moves us. I mean, that that is that walks us right up to this five minutes. So let's jump into our kind of summary of this uh, this five minutes of the film. So, um, as you pointed out, it opens seeing Dally, Ponyboy, and Johnny sit down at the drive-in movies. As again, we talked about this in the last episode. Sitting at the drive-in movies, you know, implies that you don't have a car. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is there is definitely a class difference. In front of you are the people in their cars, and then um, these are the folks who are just sitting there. Um, we talked in the last episode how there are other people sitting around them, which and this is a divergence from the book a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, now we hear some ambient conversations from people in the cars at the movies. One thing I'll notice now, I've only been to the drive-in movies uh, once that I can remember in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe in childhood I went, like early childhood, but I don't remember that. Um, what's your impression of the drive-in movies as depicted here? As depicted here? I mean, from what you see in this, it seems like no one actually cares about watching the movie. Yes, yes. And it also seems very loud. There's a lot of, like, yes. honking of horns and, Yelling. you know, you're just hearing a lot of talking and things like this. So the, the movie is not why people came. They came to socialize. Yeah, it's a it's an event. It's an outing. And the movie is sort of ha- happening around them. <clears throat> 
so uh, as we're sort of you know seeing our uh, the, the three of them sit down, we're listening to snippets of conversations. Um, we see. Uh, who is one of the more problematic characters of this five minutes? We see a yeah. drunken um, two-bit, played by Emilio Estevez, um, walking around harassing people in cars at the drive-in. Now, if you remember from two episodes ago, two-bit had mentioned that he was going to be drinking tonight and he was maybe going to catch up with them if he wasn't too drunk. Mm-hmm. It seems like he is going to catch up with them at some point and he is too drunk. Yeah. Both of those things <laughs> appear to be true. Um, we see Cherry and Marsha, the two girls who were um, in the fight with their boyfriends. They take seats in the row in front of Dally, Pony, and Johnny. Uh, Marsha is kind of wondering, like, should we just go? And Cherry says, I came here to see a movie, and I'm going to see a movie, right? So, um, you know, we can start to see the dynamic between them. Uh, Pony Boy comments that he's freezing because he didn't bring a coat. And Dally, in very, like, dairy-like fashion, kind of reprimands him and yeah. calls him stupid for, like, like why would you be stupid and not bring a coat? So mm-hmm. um, I think there you're seeing the fact that the greasers, at least these greasers, really are a family, right? That, yeah. Um, that Dally is... You know, he does sound like dairy here. He does sound like like you have to you have to think. You know, so mm-hmm. so we're seeing this consistent thing where uh, Pony Boy is criticized for not thinking, but also like maybe he should have brought a coat or a sweatshirt mm-hmm. or something. Um, also, I really like that they put this in because it seems like such a offhanded remark, but like it's gonna come into play later. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. They're again, they're laying track. Um, so Dally then starts harassing or hitting on Cherry. Uh, Marsha is very amused by this, in part because it's not happening to her. Um, and, and there just definitely seems to be, like, a personality difference between Marsha and Cherry. How would you describe, like, their demeanor in these scene, this scene? Well, I think it's also, too, about, like, at the beginning when Cherry's like, I came here to see a movie and I'm going to see one. She's very just, like, defiant in a way where she's like, I wanted to do this thing. I'm going to do it. And if people, like, not necessarily try to stop her, but, like, if people bother her, she's just going to kind of ignore them and put them off because she wants to do the task that she wanted to get done. Right. And you get the impression that Marsha probably wouldn't have left the car if not for Cherry. Yeah. You know, that, 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 so Marcia seems to just sort of float along and Cherry has, like you said, kind of much stronger ideas about what is and what isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of see those, we see those personalities play out here. Um, uh, Dally keeps sort of harassing her, asking her about her hair. Johnny half heartedly tries to get her to leave him alone, like, or get him to leave her alone. Like, he, yeah. he's, you know, we don't hear him say a lot, but you can tell neither Pony or Johnny is enjoying Dally at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, yeah. This is different from the book because um, in the movie, multiple times, Johnny tells Dally to stop. Pony Boy even tells him at one point. But in the book, Johnny doesn't tell Dally to stop until much later. Um, and Pony Boy never says anything. And Pony Boy even says, like, if anyone but Johnny told him to stop he would beat them up. Yeah. Um, but I do kind of like how it's played in the movie because it's almost like they make it seem like Dally doesn't hear them because at the end then when Johnny actually like stands up and kind of yells at him, 
then he reacts like he hasn't heard them. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and like I said, it's it's very half-hearted at first. He's like, "Come on, don't," you know, like, yeah, yeah. He's he's not like standing up to him, but he's kind of, yeah, pushing back, you know, just very, very slightly. Um, Dally puts his feet up on the chair next to Cherry, uh, and he tips over sideways, and everybody laughs, <laughs> including Pony and 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 Johnny. Right there, mm-hmm. as cool as like Dally is. Like, this is definitely, like, an embarrassing moment that everybody's laughing at him. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Dally keeps harassing Cherry, and Johnny, you know, keeps kind of hinting at, you know, getting trying to get him to cut it out. Uh, Dally appears to try to, like, put cigarette ash in Cherry's hair. Is that how yeah, you're interpreting that? Yeah, that's what I thought he was doing, too. But that that's very, like... Um, childhood like you know pulling on the girl's hair that you like you know things yeah. like that like it's teasing but it's like it's super annoying i don't know would you would you like somebody to put out put cigarette ash in your hair no no i don't think that gross yeah um and cherry says uh, get your feet off my chair and shut your trap so she's where where um johnny is kind of you know kind of trying to soft move dally away from this yeah. cherry Again, we see her personality here. Like she is not afraid to speak up and and um, and talk back to Dally. Dally says, "Who's going to make me your boyfriend?" Because I mean, they're kind of aware of this scene that played out. Yeah. Um, Johnny gets up to get a coke, uh, and po- now Pony tells Dally to leave her alone. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Marsha whispers to Cherry about D- Dally just getting out of jail. So there is. Okay. Go ahead. That line. I don't know why it bothers me because I don't get why Marsha would know that because it seems so weird. Well, I think it's more. I th- see what here's how I read that is we're not sure how big this town is, right? Yeah, um, we're not sure how big this school is. So this is an indicator that although the Soches and the Greasers live in different worlds in this, that there still is some sense of, like, Dally Winston's in trouble. It's sort of like, it, it feels more like, I heard that's a guy who went to jail. <laughs> like, 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 yeah. unless, like, she knows all the specifics about it, but she's like, isn't, it's kind of like, isn't that the guy who got sent to jail? Yeah. You know, t- so to kind of let her know, like... To let Cherry know who she's dealing with a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, that, um, I guess that's how I read that. Although in the book, the she also recognizes him in the book, but for a different reason. She recognizes him as a jockey. And then throughout this whole scene, they do so many rodeo references. And in a weird way, it makes me sad it's not in the movie. Because throughout the book, there's so many rodeo references. That's a good point. That, that there is like a lot more like Oklahoma feel to the yeah. book. Um, yeah, because there is no reference to... Pony Boy's horse. There's no reference to, or excuse me, a Soda Pop's horse. There's no yeah. reference to them as riders or rodeo people. Mm-mm. Or yeah, because isn't isn't Cherry even like a like a rider of some kind too? Yeah, yeah. And so is Marsha. And like, I also in the book I like it because they talk about how Dally's a jockey and like plays fair. He doesn't cheat or like fix races. And I like that because it makes him seem like a person with so much honor and like an honorable person. And then in the mo- in the movie, since they don't have that stuff, he seems not as good of a person. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's really that that's very interesting. And it also like like there is there's a point in the book, and I can, and 
I'm sure I know this is in the movie, but I think it's played more in the book where when they're reading Gone with the Wind and mm-hmm. Johnny thinks about Dally as like this kind of dashing person on a horse and you know yeah. like like one of these people riding off to war you know i feel like there's when you have more of these these pieces in there that makes a little bit more yeah there's more of a connection there um so <clears throat> so marcia you know mentions about dally getting out of jail uh sherry uh, cherry threatens to call the cops and dally says oh my my you've got me scared to death what am i gonna do now pony this girl's making me shake right so he's trying to trying to act all tough and cherry says why don't you be nice and leave us alone and dally says i'm never nice mm. um so again it's like there, it is sort of this like both picking on her but also hitting on her harassing her and hitting on her it's it's very um it's very it, it, it it's it's very problematic uh, behavior, deeply, deeply, deeply. Yeah. Um, but not as problematic as somebody else that we're going to encounter here. Uh, so then Dally uh, offers to buy her a Coke or a Seven Up, and Cherry yells at him to get lost. Dally says, "I'm sorry, I didn't know you had such a problem with yelling in my face." <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines. It's, it's so funny. It's funny because it's. It's like when I read it, it sounds dumb, but his delivery is actually kind of great because it's, it's like, so I didn't realize you had such a problem with. And it's like he pauses <laughs> and it's sort of like the pause when he's talking about how he hates kids. Yeah. And he's like, I just but he there he doesn't finish it. But this time he does. He's like, I didn't realize you had such a problem with yelling in my face. <laughs> it's it's really it's it's great. It's is that a book line or is that it's a movie not line? it's not it's not a book line, but it's such a great line in the movie. So he gets up and he says, I'll go. I know when I'm not wanted. Um, and then we see like uh, a random shot of teens climbing out of the trunks of cars in the theater. So this is a very like this was a very common thing in terms of like mm-hmm. when you go to the, the drive in, you would pay f- per person in the car. So you would, you know, if you if you snuck friends in, you know, by hiding in the trunk, you wouldn't have to pay for them. And then once you got there, they got out. Um, so there this is that's just like I feel like that's put in there to kind of indicate like. Maybe more innocent, like high school hijinks, as to, as compared to some of the like gang war we see happening, which yeah. seems, seems a little a little more dangerous, right? Um, and then we see Two Bit getting back to Oof. like truly problematic character. We see him pull up a girl's skirt, um, and then and then it cuts to the movie, and we see like nutty hijinks in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I. All I can say is with 2-Bit is, like, that probably played differently in 1983 than it plays in 2022. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's inappropriate either way, but, um, but like, it's interesting watching that now and just being like, yeah, I just don't. I don't, yeah. I don't think you would even, you know, yeah, yeah, it's. it's um, yeah, I don't think you would put that in a movie now yeah, that it, much. It, it, because it, cause it reads as, like almost innocent fun but it's like no that's like yeah. assault now like mm-hmm. like like that just would play very very differently now um so then uh cherry turns back to pony boy and angrily asks him if he's going to start in on her too because both johnny and and dally are gone at this point and pony says no and cherry says you don't look the type anyway she asks him his name uh, and he says his name is pony boy and she says that's an original name and he says yeah my dad was an original person 
Mm-hmm. That's definitely a book line. If it's not a book that's, line from that moment, that's a book line. It's it's a book line. There's one slight change. She says that's an original and lovely name. But other than that, like this conversation, word for word, so much of what has happened since they've sat down is word for word. Uh, he then explains that his brother is named uh, Soda Pop uh, <clears throat> and, and uh, says that that's even like um, – it's on his birth certificate, uh, and Cherry introduces herself as Sherry, but her friends call her Cherry because of her red hair. Ponyboy says he knows because they go to the same school, and he points out that Cherry is a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of blown away. And this is interesting because in the context of the movie, we don't know the ages of people, you know? Yeah. Um, but there is this sense when they see him, they're like, wait a minute, you go to the same school as us, you seem pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um. And Cherry says, uh, asks him, what are you doing hanging out with that trash, referring to Dally? And Pony says, Dally's my buddy. I'm a greaser, too. We're all friends, right? So he's at this point, mm-hmm. he's very aware of, and he's making sure to point out the, like, okay, there is a class divide here. There are greasers and socias. You may not look at me in the same way you look at Dally, but I am, but Dally and I are functionally family. Yeah. Um, Cherry apologizes and then asks about Soda Pop. She says he works at a gas station, right? Marcia says so does the cute one, uh, which is a real slam on Steve, right? Yeah. Uh, that Tom Cruise is, is is not the cute one. But again, remember what Steve what Steve looks like here. Um, uh, Cherry says he that uh, that Soda Pop's a doll and says I should have known. You as brothers. And then at this point, Johnny Johnny returns with the soda and sits down. And Marsha asks why they don't see soda in school. And he said, uh, she asks, uh, has he been working full time since your parents died? And Pony says he's a dropout. Now, it's interesting. Mm. Uh, again, is is that question in the book? I assume. Okay. Or? The, in the book, what she says is like, why don't we see him in school? He, he's only like 16 or 17. She doesn't say or give any indication that she knows that his parents died. And, like, that line in the movie is so weird to me because it's, like, there are other lines, too, where it's clear that, like, they keep on having to say, like, oh, remember his parents died. Like, they, they're, like, we need to establish this. And well, I that wonder, line here is so weird. I wonder if it's that or if this is a lot like the Dally just got out of jail to be, like, we mm-hmm. need to, we want to establish how small this world is. So it's, like... Yeah, we know about the story of the Curtis family a little bit. Yeah. That you're not totally anonymous. Because if a theme of this book and a theme of this movie is sort of we're so very different, but in the same way we're not all that different, that the world's smaller than we make it out to be, these little moments do indicate that, like, yeah, Marsha Marcia knows who Dally is. At least she knows of Dally, mm-hmm. right? They know who Soda Pop is. They know that clearly this family had a tragedy, right? Yeah. Because if you think about it, like, Derry's older, but Derry seems like he was a big star in school. Yeah. You know, in terms of being an athlete and all these types of things. And Soda was, you know, has his matinee idol good looks. So there is this mm-hmm. sense of like, yeah, yeah, we may not be in the same world, but like, we're aware of you. So yeah. I-, I wonder if that's part of it as yeah. well. Yeah. It just kind of bothers me because it's both like, it's it just I don't know. It seemed weird to me that she would know, but also like it seemed weird to me that she would bring it up even if she did know, because it seems like kind of a jerky thing to do. I don't know. But I, again, it could be the it could be a way to be like, 
a way to say like I I see you I know like like yeah you know like like you can read that in different ways. Now what I think is interesting is that Pony's response is to kind of brush off the reference to his parents, and he just says that so does a dropout. Yeah, you know, so it's 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 interesting that 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 it's like uh, Pony doesn't want to get into the death of his parents, and, and the subject gets dropped. Yeah. Right. You know, so so I think that's actually a nice little subtle moment where his response is that. Um, and as they're having this conversation, you know, Hurricane Dally, you know, kind of comes back in and, and reorients the conversation. He returns with popcorn and four sodas for himself, Pony, Cherry and Marsha. Dally hands Cherry a soda um, as he sits right next to her uh, and he says, I thought you might. I thought this might cool you off. Um, now there's this great moment here where mm-hmm. Cherry. It's like she takes two or three beats to look at the soda. Mm-hmm. It's like she's thinking about it. So she looks at the soda, and then she looks at Dally, and it's all ha- it's all very fast. Looks at Dally, and then throws the soda in his face. So it's like she's considering what would it mean for me to take this. What am I? What am I agreeing to or what am I condoning if I take this, mm-hmm. I guess, as a way to think about it? What what yeah. of his actions am I condoning? It's also great, too, because in the book, they even mention that, like, she looks at it a second and takes a moment to consider it and then does it. Oh, really? Yeah. I, did, I didn't remember so that. So it's like it's both this great acting moment that she does it and does it and like it plays off in the right way and that it's also like we're going to stay true to the book and she's not going to do it right away she's going to take a moment and if we notice in the background um marcia seems perfectly happy with her soda again Mm -hmm. this is her personality i don't know that at this point you see her drink it yet but she's definitely like okay somebody gave me a soda you know like 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 she she's very different her demeanor is very different here um so she she throws the soda in dally's face and he says here, that'll cool you off, Greaser. Uh, when you learn to talk and act decent, maybe I'll cool off too. Um, and then we see Dally start to kind of lean in on Cherry and says, fiery, huh? I like that. And Cherry pushes him away. Now, here's the big moment where Johnny stands up and says, you know, leave her alone. And it's and this is not the half-hearted version of it, but he's really like kind of trying to get into in dally's face a little bit more and be like yeah stop like mm-hmm. this is this is going too far um and he repeats it and then we see dally kind of turn on johnny he says what did you say to me and finally dally gets up and walks away and he's kind of heckled by the random people watching the movie um and you know people calling him a wise guy or a punk um which is again we talked last time about like in the book, there's nobody sitting around them, but I yeah. think I think they provide a kind of like set of viewers to this scene and kind of chorus to be able to chime in um, because it gives you it gives you a sense of like uh, not just how Cherry feels about Dally, but how kind of everybody is viewing someone like Dally. Yeah. Um, so he uh, so he walks off as everybody kind of you know uh ridicules him which is funny because like again he's this this sort of strong powerful person who you think is going to push back against this but it sort of seems like everyone's aligned against him at this point so he just walks off and leaves um uh and pony says to johnny now you blew it it's like okay now we've we kind of you just chased 
Dally away, you know. Yeah. You you drove a divide between us and Dally, and as we said, Dally is family. Dally is sort of their hero. Dally is their has been their guide through this day, and now they're left alone. Yeah. And Dally's also their their way home in certain ways. Even if Dally doesn't have a car, there is this sense of you're safer on the streets with with Dally. Because we mm-hmm. we saw from the previous, you know, from the opening of this, that you shouldn't be walking or walking uh, around alone. And now we've just lost Dally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cherry turns to Johnny and says, "Thank you. You he had me scared to death," which is sort of sounds a little performative. Like it's almost like she's hearing Pony kind of reprimand johnny and he's and she steps in and she's like oh you saved me thank yeah. you and it's like i think cherry was doing okay on her own i think cherry knows she was doing okay on her mm-hmm. own but now they're trying to build these kids up behind them you know um and that that's sort of what we see here uh um and uh she says you know I, i've uh i've never heard anybody or, or johnny says um you sure didn't show it. Like, you sure didn't show that you were scared. I've never... I, I'll quote from him. <laughs> Ain't nobody talked to Dal like that. <laughs> um, and uh, and she says, from what I saw, you do. So there is this sense, again, of, like, you know, she's trying to build... To thank him, but also to build him up and be like, you're like you're tough, too. You know, in, in a yeah. good way, you know? Um and Marsha invites Pony and Johnny to come up with sit with sit with them. She says, "You can protect us." Uh, so there's this sort of short hesitation between the two because again, these are younger boys compared to uh, Marsha and, and Cherry, and they're sort of like this hesitation of like, "Well, should we do it or not?" And then they get up yeah. and they go um, and they sit from left to right, from behind Johnny, then Marsha, then Cherry, then Pony. Uh, Marsha asks how old they are. And Pony says 14, and Johnny jumps in and says he's 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's right where we end our five minutes. Yeah. Um, now, we'll see. Those ages are not... I mean, Pony is 14, but Johnny is not 16. Correct? He is 16. Is he is 16? Oh, I thought, he was, I thought he was jumping in to make his age older. No. Okay, he's he is 16. 16. Okay. But it it is kind of a plot point because it's a thing where, like, he looks younger than 16, so he's so fast to kind of say, like, this is how old I am. Because okay. he feels self-conscious about how old he is and how old he looks. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I didn't I didn't remember that part. I knew there was something about their ages, but I thought yeah. he was trying to make himself older. But he's, no, yeah, he's trying those, to... Those are his actual ages. He's trying to establish how old he actually yes. is. Um, so we think about this, this five minutes and the book. You talked about how um, your sense that a lot of the dialogue is pretty accurate to the book. Any other book things you want to talk about? Hmm... <sighs> Honestly, not really, because so much of the dialogue is word for word. They change a couple lines, add some in, take some out, obviously take out all the rodeo stuff, which makes me sad. Um, But other than that, like, this is really true to the book. And then also besides um, the fact that there's people around them. Yeah. That is also a change. And I will say this looks like how I pictured it when I read it. Like this is mm-hmm. this is one of the more accurate scenes where it's like, yes. oh yeah, that's I mean, what else could it look like in some ways? But like that's And like even though in the book it says there's no one else there, I always kind of pictured there being people around them. And if there wasn't people around them, it would feel weird. Right, right. Yeah. So if we were, to, if you were to give a score to this five minutes, uh, from uh, from one to ten in terms of ac- or is it zero to ten? I forget. Zero to ten in terms of accuracy with the with the book. Where would you put the? Where would you score this? 
And honestly, say a nine. Like, it's very accurate. So you must really love this five minutes then, because yeah. my sense is accuracy is quality. Yeah. Um, I do really like it, because they do. And it is a thing, like, in the last five we were talking about this, is the lines, they both stay really true and are exactly what they are, but they're also delivered in a good way where they it doesn't feel weird. Yeah. Because sometimes in lines are, like, word for word, they seem really weird. Right. I think the only line that comes off as as not genuine is that line about thank you you know i was scared to death and i think that's the point i think she's supposed to be saying that like i i i'm gonna i'm gonna throw you this bone yeah (laughs) so so yeah i i I totally totally agree uh should we do a deep dive sure yeah all right uh today's deep dive is about cherry valance uh who's played by diane lane so we're gonna talk about the actress diane lane um, she also was arguably, um, one of the bigger names, um, in this movie before the movie was made. So she's born January 22nd, 1965 in New York city. So she's also a New Yorker. Um, she was 18 when the outsiders was released. So is cherry, how old is she supposed to be? 16 or 17? Probably. It doesn't say how old she is. She's supposedly older than Ponyboy. Like, she can drive, so she's yeah. got to be presumably 16, mm-hmm. 17, somewhere in there. Yeah. And I don't think she's... Yeah, they never say what grade she's in, but I never thought, like, she's... I don't think she's a senior. Mm-hmm. So my guess is she's, like, a junior. So, yeah, she's probably, like, 16, 17. Okay. Um, so Lane had a difficult childhood as her parents, um, who split up, disputed over custody of her. And at age 15, she declared her independence from her parents. I don't know if you knew you could do that, but when she I was you could do when that. she was your age, she declared <laughs> her independence. So don't get ideas. Um, she began her professional acting career on the stage at the age of six. Um, so she was a, a child actor from a very young age. Wow. Um, at the age of 12, so this is in 1977. Uh, she appeared in a Broadway production of Anton Chekhov's The Cherry Orchard, starring Meryl Streep. So Streep mm. at this point was already a major movie star. Um, but so, so she's in. She's not just like on the stage, but she's on the stage in some pretty major productions. She's on Broadway by the age of twelve. She makes her screen debut in 1979's A Little Romance at the age of fourteen. Um, alongside Sir Lawrence Olivier, one of the great actors of all time. Uh, Olivier declared her as the new Grace Kelly. So Olivier um, sung her praises as an actress, even at the age Mm. of 14. Um, For this, she won a Young Artist Award for Best Juvenile Actress in a Motion Picture. Um, In 1979, she was featured on the cover of Time Magazine. So this would have been at the age of 14. Wow. Featured on the cover of Time Magazine in reference to an article about Hollywood's new whiz kids. So, like... So she was one of the sort of the foremost people, like up and coming young actors of her generation um, in the late 1970s. She won a Young Artist Award for Best Young Actress in a Motion Picture for 1980s Touched by Love. So, man, I'm starting to think she's maybe more accomplished than even Matt Dillon. Yeah. Or, or at least on par with him in terms of like um, kind of up and coming. Uh, in 1983, she was in both of Coppola's Essie Hinton adaptations, so she's in both The Outsiders and Rumblefish. Hmm. And she earns uh, Young Artist nominations for both performances. So, 
uh, is sort of a, a standout in both of those. Uh, in 1984, she's in two very hyped movies. Um, so this is, she would have been 19 at this point. Uh, Streets of Fire and Francis Ford Coppola's The Cotton Club. And both films were considered commercial and critical failures. So she's huh. in two big movies that both kind of flop in 1984. And this... Uh, kind of sets gives a downward trajectory to her career for a little bit um she starts to bounce back in 1989 when she earns a best actress emmy nomination for her performance in the tv miniseries lonesome dove so she gets an Mm -hmm. emmy nomination she's also nominated in 2011 for a, a miniseries emmy as well um her career hit its apex in the late 90s and early 2000s culminating in a Best Actress Oscar nomination for 2002's Unfaithful. Mm. Um, And as of 2022, she's appeared in 53 films. So yet another future Oscar nominee, Emmy nominee, um, you know, in in Diane Lane. So she's, I mean, she she becomes a big-time movie actress, especially, like I said, late 90s, early 2000s, movies like The Perfect Storm, Unfaithful, things like that. So um, she she's another one of those people. Again, she was she had already kind of been on the rise, you know, leading up to this, um, but but is not a huge name when she's in this. Um, but this is a definitely a stepping stone to her career. But in, but 84, movies like The Cotton Club were supposed to be big breaks for her that, yeah. that didn't really pan out. Um Esme, let's close the show with uh, with who won the five. So I have, so we're giving an award to the mm. person who won this five minutes. I have uh, five nominees. There's really five people in this. Yeah. Um, Emilio Estevez does not get a nomination for this. Yeah, um, he shouldn't. Yes, we should never speak of this version of Two Bit Matthews. Although he's going to show up in the next five minutes, um, we're going to spend more time with Two Bit. He's not as bad though yeah he yeah. has his worst moments yes. in this five i think his worst moments in maybe his cinematic career among yeah. them are here i don't know that that's actually true that mm-hmm. they're but but these are not great uh so here are the the five nominees that i have uh diane lane as cherry valance matt Dillon as dally winston ralph macchio as johnny cade c thomas Howell as pony boy curtis uh and a new nominee uh michelle uh mayrink as marcia hmm um, I think I know who I would give this to, but I'm curious your thoughts. I would say Diane Lane. Is there anybody other than Diane Lane that you would think about here? Mm. I mean, I feel like the second person would be Matt Dillon, but I feel like Diane Lane is better. Um, she's more central and like she does a really good job. Um, yeah, and I think filmically yeah. she, she's more central. I mean, you think about the way most of these five minutes are shot. She is literally the center of the frame, mm-hmm. and then you have you have Dally behind her. You know, even the way the shots are framed, she is front and center during all this. I also think she's really good. In yeah, this. she is, and she does do a good job. Like we've talked about the book lines, like saying them in not a weird way. Like, yeah, she does a really good job with that. And I think, you know, we, we talked about the moment where she's looking at the Coke, considering it, mm-hmm. um, the way she changes, where she first sort of snaps back at Pony when he's the only one there. And then you see her like pull back and realize like, oh, no, no, I didn't mean to like get angry yeah. at you. You didn't do it. Like she's doing a lot of modulating mm-hmm. kind of her uh, delivery, her emotion. And like, I, I actually think it's really, really a pretty great. Uh, a pretty great performance, and as much as as Dylan has been sweeping through this movie, um, 
Apart I don't love this version of Dally as much. Yeah. Although it's consistent with every other part of Dally. It is. Like, like here's, here's where the movie's even telling us, like, eh, don't fall in love with this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, like he's, he's kind of a jerk, too. Even though, again, we've seen him, like, with the little kids be a jerk. Like, this is different. Yeah. Like, he's really, he's really harassy. Because I think, like, with the little kids, it's such a funny moment that, like, you don't really think about it that much as, like, what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But in this moment, it's not really funny at all. Yeah. So you just think so much about how, like, wow, he's really a creep. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think that I think that definitely dings him. Although he's good in this, I also think um, I think Machio's good too. Like, like I feel like yeah. I feel like he's constantly like uh, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. When we get to <laughs> we get to this. Although, like I said, there's going to be lots of this yeah. movie where he's one of two nominees. I think I think he may end up um, having the most wins by the time we yeah. get to the end of this, uh, and that's maybe more how I feel about C. Thomas Howell. Um, uh, but but I think right now at this part of the movie, um, I didn't mean for our last two winners to be our deep dive subjects. But I but they really yeah. are like like I you know um, I I do think Diane Lane is is kind of great here. What I'm curious about is she's in a few more kind of crucial scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious if she'll ever win again. Yeah, I think this scene is definitely her best performance, and the other ones. Not even like it's not as good of a performance, but like just it's not as good of a scene altogether. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and she seems less central. I, I, mm-hmm. Well, what's what I'm curious about is, and I haven't watched the next five minutes in a while, so I think she might have a shot at the next five minutes because yeah. we stay in this movie theater for for a little while more. We get a little bit mm-hmm. more, um, so I think we're gonna see her and see Thomas Howell. Um, so she may have a chance to grab one more one more win before she kind of disappears from the movie. Yeah, and pop, pops up a few more times, but this is definitely her her big moment. Mm-hmm. Well, Esme, that is uh, all the time that you that we have. Hopefully, you're enjoying this. Hopefully, you're watching along with us. You're reading yeah. along with us. Um, that is, we we've made it to the 20 minute mark of of the movie. So our next episode will be covering from 20 to 25 minutes. Um, that is all the time that we have. We will be back next week with another episode of Stay Gold, a Outsiders podcast. So for Esme Mulberry, I'm Sam Mulberry saying, Stay Gold. <laughs> <laughs>